0: Welcome to the Crosslands Church Podcast, our mission to help you experience the life with God you've been missing. And now, a message for you. Good morning and welcome everyone. Happy Thanksgiving, right? This uh, this year, I'm really thankful that, you know, we're able to have an auditorium relatively full, at least compared to last year when we weren't able to gather, um, you know, together. And, um, before we get started, I just wanted to um, give a, a prayer of thanksgiving for that. So, Dear God, I just want to thank you, Lord, for being faithful to your church, God, for constantly being there for us when we need you and being there as a guide for us, God. Thank you for giving us the freedom this year, Lord, to, to gather with one another and, and celebrate what you did, Lord, what you did with your son dying on the cross for us, God. Lord, as I speak today through um, Galatians 5, I pray, Lord, that ultimately it'll be your spirit speaking through me, God. And uh, it'll be your voice coming out of my mouth, Lord. Thank you for being faithful to us as we will remain faithful to you. In your name, amen. All right everyone. So over the last 2 weeks we've been hearing Ben and Judah preach on what the right things and what the wrong things um are to focus on as Christians. What our identity is and where we find that. We don't find our identity in the the you know how we dress, right? We had the the story of the pastor who was on vacation and you know he walked he walked into a church and it, it wasn't long before the pastor of that church um, noticed that he wasn't necessarily dressed for church. Um, he was wearing, uh, believe it or not, shorts and a T-shirt, um, and uh, he was swiftly walked out of that church. That that is not showing the love of Jesus. Whereas Judah last week, he was telling us about this this family who always welcomed him in as as one of their own. They 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 made him. His favorite foods. They made him his his favorite snacks, and uh, you know that that is what um, our our identity is as Christians. We're supposed to be showing that love towards one another. So before I get started, I just wanted to suggest that you guys, if you haven't had the chance to go and check out those last two messages by Ben and Judah, um, they're two of our young adults who are just devoted to this church, and uh, talk about awesome services. Um, If you guys want to go back and and look at, um, you know, the the first part of this series, I I would really highly suggest that. So today we are going to be focusing on how we measure our success in in owning up to our heritage of of being children of God, which we learned of last week, right? I'm Jordan. I'm a child of God. You you are children of God, so what does that mean, and how do we measure our, our identity, and how do we measure our success in doing that? Um, if you have any questions, there's a number up on the screen somewhere, and uh, it'll be popping up, and you can uh, text, that mes- uh, text that number right there, any questions that you have, and if you're watching online, you can also feel free to put any questions in the chat. So uh, some of you may know that I work... Um, not just uh, here at the church, but I also work in the military. And um, before, um, I was an armored reconnaissance soldier. So that requires a lot of what we call reconnaissance, which is part of my training. Um, Reconnaissance is the idea of going behind enemy lines or going to an unknown area, gathering intelligence. So, you know, how many people are there? What kind of resources are there? And then Bringing all that information back in order to give up to the higher ups so that they can form formulate a plan to how we're going to um, you know maneuver the attack or the defense. Part of that training is learning to stay in step with the person who's leading the recce. So there's this thing, there's this concept called the proven ground um, at work, and it's when we're going into an unknown territory, we don't know what there is lying there for us. There could be mines, there could be booby traps, there could be um, various dangers. And so when we're in a lineup, we're single file, and we're spaced out safely between the two. But even though we're spaced out, we still have to follow in step with the person ahead of us because they've already proved that ground to be safe. It's important to stay in step with those people and to follow their instructions because they know what's going on. They know what is safe and what is not safe. It saves lives. So since we've been spending time in the book of Galatians, we've seen that Paul is in the middle of a dispute between the ethnic Jews, those people who have always been Jews, um, and the, the Gentile believers that have been welcomed into the body of Christ by Christ dying on the cross. Now, both of these groups of people are holding opposing views. The Jews are holding still to the law of Moses, which we learned about last week. um, And they're expecting all these Gentile believers to go and get circumcised um, in order to be pure and in order to um, be a part of the family of Christ. Paul is making it clear to them that his intention is for them to no longer obey Uh, solely the laws of Moses, but that they are led by the Spirit. There's a new state of being that we need to follow, a new set of rules, and those, it's not really rules, it is the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Paul has made a distinction that if the Jewish believers expect the Gentiles to get circumcised, that they need to obey the law of Moses completely again because they're completely rejecting what Jesus did on the cross in order to welcome all people into the family of God. And if we are part of God's family, which we learned about last week, about our heritage, then we understand that the rules aren't just anything goes as Christians. We can't continue, like the, some of the Gentiles believed to live in our sinful nature because we've, Jesus has already saved us. Um, Paul goes on to further explain that their sinful fleshly desires, these, these old ways of life that they're reverting to have no place while living in step with the spirit. Galatians 5, 16 to 18 says, so I say, let the Holy spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil. Which is the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are under the obligation, you are not under the obligation of the law of Moses. So remember, it's important to take into consideration that this is happening during a time of dispute between the Jews and the Gentiles. Their fleshly sins that they need to stay away from are mentioned later on in, 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 uh, Galatians, in Galatians 5, 19 to 21, when it says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery. Now pay attention to these eight. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, and envy, and drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God those eight that i told you to pay attention to those are what we call sins of discord they are sins that are that cause division in a community things like hostility quarreling which basically means arguing arguing between one another about semantics we live in a society now where we're constantly at odds with one another and and this situation where the, where the Jews and the Gentiles are at odds with each other, should be um, very recognizable to us. Paul is ensuring to state that the discords in someone's life are going to cause the division, and that they have no place in the life of someone who is living in the Spirit. They are the results of our fleshly desires, and no one who has lived such a life will inherit the kingdom, like he said. On Galatians 5:22 to 25 it says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong in Christ have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Let me read that again. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the spirit, let us follow the spirit's leading in every part of our life. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. This is where Paul is urging the church to embrace the fruits of the Spirit, which is what God has gifted us with. He makes a reference that those who follow Christ have nailed their passions and desires to the cross. They are gone. We are free from our old passions and our own desires. We just have to choose that freedom and choose to follow the Holy Spirit's lead. Since they are free to live in the Spirit, they must let him lead in every part of their life. The fruits that this life produces will, let, will not let us fall victim to our fleshly desires. I know for me, when I start struggling with any of, of these sins here, it's usually because I'm not practicing what I know is staying in step with the Spirit. And that's what we're going to learn about um, next. So have any of you ever met someone in your life who you just could tell, looking externally, maybe knowing them, that they were in step with the Spirit? How could you tell? For me, it was my grandfather. I'm going to try not to get emotional or anything here. His name is uh his name is John Breckenridge and um, he was my biggest cheerleader. Um, he died nine years ago this month actually, and throughout his life is where I received my challenge to know that I needed to stay in step with the Spirit in order to show the type of love that he showed. I was constantly challenged to do better because of him. You know, he was the type of person who he would choose to love the people who were never afforded that opportunity before. He loved the people on the fringes. He loved those who were disenfranchised. He was the type of person who, when a person who may have smelt like alcohol or um, they may not have bathed in who knows how long, and when they walked into the church, he'd be the first person going to them and uh, giving them a big papa hug (laughs) and uh, saying, you know, welcome to our church. How can I help you? Welcome to our church. Can I get you anything? Can I help you to your seat? He was there for them. It wasn't, oh, you're wearing a leather jacket. It wasn't, oh, you're wearing a spike collar. It was You're here at church, and that's all that matters. He was the type of person who, when people would spew hatred towards him, he would be overwhelmed with a sense of peace, wouldn't be offended by it, but he would say something wise like, we're only the fishers of men. We cast the net. God is the one who cleans them. God is the one who cleanses them. And then he would invite that person to come to church and be that fisher of men, right? He was that type of person. And uh, it's funny because not everyone in the church is, you know? There was a time growing up, um, one of my best friends growing up, Preston, um, he's actually the reason I I have these uh, holes in my ears. Uh, uh, He was older than me, and I, I really looked up to him. And he was the type of guy who wore the spike collar, Tattooed him himself <laughs> as he was a teenager, and uh, you know, dressed in a leather jacket, and went to dr- uh, went to church drunk at least once or twice as a teenager. Uh, I found out later on, and um, there was a-, a moment where a lady had uh, come up to to Preston, who had been coming to the church for a while, and uh, she said, "Preston, you know, you've been coming here for a while. Don't you think it's time to?" grow up and take the dog collar off and um, he just looked at her and said oh Jordan's uh, Jordan's dad and Jordan's grandfather they, they say that it doesn't really matter what I dress like it just matters what's on in my what's going on in my heart and um, you know she she quickly turned away and, and walked away and um, he was apologetic and was like what well, did I say anything wrong and Uh, We had to explain to him that, you know, sometimes people aren't focused on the right things. And maybe you have a person in your life right now who is exemplifying those fruits of the Spirit. Uh, Maybe it's a teacher that you've noticed has been extra patient patient with a difficult student in their class. Maybe it's a neighbor who's greeted you with a smile that just has the joy of the Lord shining behind it. Maybe it's a neighbor who, uh, sorry, maybe it's a coworker who's been able to keep their cool as they've um, been dealing with a difficult boss. Maybe it's an older child who plays so gently with their younger sibling. Maybe it's your spouse who has remained faithful to their promise all these years. Or maybe it's an anonymous person who's been praying for your spiritual health as you've been growing up. Now, there are nice people in the world, and I, and I don't want to discount that. But earlier on, it, it was saying that when we live in the Spirit, we can't help but want to do these good things. We, don't, we, we can't help but be urged by the Spirit to do God's work and to show love in our community. So these are all examples of people who could be living in step with the Spirit and having uh, the fruits of the Spirit be noticed in their life. And this is what Paul is talking about when we live in the Spirit. Um, Edna is uh, one of the volunteers here and um, she's on uh, the prayer team and she's been coming to this church for years. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Judah is uh, Pastor Fred's son and As Judah was growing up, um, Edna did not, she didn't really have a, a, a strong, super strong relationship with Fred or his wife, Michelle, at the time. And she didn't really have a connection with Judah as he was growing up. And yet she came up to me last week and said that throughout the time that Judah was growing up, there was this heaviness on her heart, this gut instinct to pray for him to pray for someone that she barely even knew. She did that. She listened to the call of the Spirit. And now last week, we have that same person that she was praying for up here preaching. That's strong. That's a testimony. That's powerful. Walking in step with the Spirit means that we rely on Him. He leads the way, and all we do is we follow it. As he speaks through us, his still small voice will guide us. We need to heed his warnings. We need to listen to his directions and obey his commands. When we give up living according to our old selves, when we stop putting ourselves first and we start putting the the guidance of the Holy Spirit and, and what God wants us to do ahead of that, that's when we're staying in step with the Spirit. When we walk in the Spirit, God not only guides us, but he empowers us. And the reason why he empowers us is because it is so challenging to live according to the Spirit. It is not within our human nature to to do these things without the Spirit of God empowering us. It is not natural. It's going to be hard. And if you try to do it on your own strength, you're, you're, you're not going to do it. You're not going to be able to do it. You need to follow the Spirit's lead. It's the same thing that, like I was saying about work the other day. I could be third person in line, and I could be following exactly in the same footsteps as everyone else. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, no, I can do this on my own. And I walk off to the side. That could be the last step I take. The same thing can happen in our spiritual lives, right? Right? We need to stay in step with the Spirit. We need to keep our eye on where He is leading us. And when we do that, the fruits of the Spirit are what are produced from that. Remember last week when Ben and Judah reminded us of our heritage that we are sons and daughters of God. I am Jordan, son of God. And because of this, I am being led by the Spirit. And it should be something that I'm seeking out. And something that I long to live for. That's why I need to constantly be checking myself to make sure that I'm living that way. Because when our identity is in step with the Spirit, that's when we know we're on the right track. Because our identity needs to be in step with the Spirit. So what are the practical steps in order to keep... In step with the Spirit. Well, we know that we are producing the fruit of the Spirit when we are in step with the Spirit. And Jesus said in John 15, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile and to be burned. If you remain in me and my word remains in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, You are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Jesus is describing a type of God consciousness when everything we do, everything we strive for, everything we think has God at the center. When we're pursuing Him with all of our hearts, all of our souls, and all of our minds. Something that's important to note is that we cannot abide in Jesus without following the step of the Spirit. We need to use the gifts that he's given us, the resources, the tools that he's laid out before us, so that way we can stay in step with the Spirit, and these things are nutrients to our spiritual fruit. These are things like Bible reading, right? It says right here in, in, in John again, um, my words remain in you, right? What is the word of God? The word of God is is Jesus, the word of God become flesh, and the word of God is, is his divine word that is breathed into scripture. When we read the Bible, we will remain in him when we study it. Scripture memorization, that's not just something that we know you do on Sunday school. Scripture memorization is one of those things that um, I used to do to... Uh, Win candy and stuff in Sunday school. But later on in my life, I realized that scripture memorization is not only there for knowledge, it's there for personal edification when you're struggling and the Holy Spirit will put a verse in your head that'll encourage you. And it's for the encouragement of everyone else around you too. And the Holy Spirit will reveal these things to you, but he's not necessarily going to give you a verse that you've never read before or that you haven't put in the effort to memorize. Uh, to memorizing. Bible studies, which is kind of like our Abide courses, which I'm going to me- uh, mention later. Our fellowship, which is gathering together. Prayer, evangelism, discipleship, and even listening to messages like this. Now, this is not a list of things that we need to do, and I want to make that clear. It's not do A, B, C, then you are in step with the Spirit. This is a a lifestyle. This is a a muscle that you need to continue to work out. This is um, a list of amazing things that the Holy Spirit has blessed us with in order to help us, in order to aid us because that's why Jesus left the Holy Spirit here on earth for us, to be our guide, to be our aid. Now, there are a lot of people who get stuck on this concept of How many times do I need to pray? How many people do I need to forgive in order to be righteous? Paul's major point throughout this entire book of Galatians is that you don't become righteous and you don't become right with God just by doing things. You do it by staying in step with the Spirit. You do it by taking on the identity of being a child of God and everything that comes with that. There's a story from uh, a Max Lucado book, and uh, it says, I believe that we can make the same mistakes as the Welsh woman. She lived uh, many years ago in a remote valley, and it felt worth the cost and the trouble to have electricity installed in her home. Several weeks after the installation, the power company noticed that she had barely used any of her electricity. So a meter reader went to her house and went to go see her. He said, is there a problem? And she goes, oh, no, no, no. We're quite satisfied, actually. We turn the lights on every night, so that way we can see how we light our lamps. (laughs) And, you know, we're prone to do likewise. We're prone to depend on God's spirit to save us, but not to sustain us. This is what I was talking about It's a muscle, right? We need to turn to him to get us started, and then we need to continue on, not on our own strength, but in the strength of the Holy Spirit. Scripture urges us to keep in step, which is what I was saying earlier. He directs and leads. We obey and follow. We need to plug into his power and we need to leave that light switch turned on. It's not something that we can turn off because as soon as we turn off, as soon as I take that step off that path, right, we're no longer in Communion with God. If you want to learn more about how to better abide in God, um, if you were um, listening to the uh, beginning announcements, we're doing the Hearing from God seminar. This is basically the Abide course, which we offer on a regular basis. Signups are closed right now for this season, but they will be up again. And so, this seminar that signups are still available for are basically like the uh, Abide course kind of con- uh, kind of condensed. So, uh, it's a great thing to invite a friend out to. It's a great thing for you to learn how to hear from God. This is something that I struggled with for a long time, and it's. I understand that there might be some people in the seats right now that are saying, how can I be guided by someone who doesn't talk to me? I understand that, and I, and I completely empathize with that. It wasn't until I, I learned the disciplines in the Abide course that I really came to understand what God's still, small voice that Scripture talks about is. God's not always going to be speaking like, Jordan, you really shouldn't eat that cake. You've already gained 10 pounds. He's not going to do that. It's not going to be this loud, audible voice, right? It could be this gut instinct. And obviously, it's usually about something more important than cake. But God talks to people in different ways. For Edna, it's that gut feeling. And she was uh, telling me that last week. When we learn to hear from God, that's when we can start to abide in him. Because when our identity is in step with the Spirit, that's when we're on the right path. Maybe you have never experienced that power before. Maybe you've never had a personal moment with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've never heard God's voice calling out to you. Maybe you're seeking out how to live that more fulfilling life of taking on your identity as a son and a daughter of God. Your invite to that family is right here and right now. God wants you to have a relationship with him. And here at Crosslands, we wanna support you and we wanna partner with you as you journey throughout that process. The first step is as simple as A, B, C. Admit. You know, you have to admit that you have a need for God in your life. You have to admit that you can't do this on your own strength, that you need the the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit in order to continue to, to give you that strength to push on. B is believe. Believe in that power. Believe that Jesus died and that he left his Holy Spirit here on earth to be our guide. And C is to commit, to commit to that new family, to commit to the fact that you are a child of God and with that, it's not just every, anything goes. We have to stay in step with the Spirit. So if you want to do that, I just um, I, I want to ask that you that you pray with me and um, we'll, then we'll close the service. Dear God, I just want to come to you today, Lord, and admit my need for you. Admit that I can't do it on my own, God, but that I need your guidance. I believe that you died for me, God, that you sent your son to take the place of my sin on that cross, Lord. And I want to live the rest of my life in step with your spirit. Today, God, I'm thankful that I have a heavenly father who's willing to show me the the ropes who's willing to to teach me and to pick me up when I fall thank you Jesus in your name amen you've been listening to the cross church podcast Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or the Google Play Store so that it comes straight to your device. And to find out more about Crosslands Church, you can visit us at crosslands.ca. Join us next week for another message to help you experience the life with God you've been missing.